Welcome back, Human Nurture Season 2, where we ask the question, how does a couples therapist learn to do that? I'm your host, Jason Brand, couples therapist trained in PACT, a psychobiological approach to couples therapy. Today, we're going to jump right into the second half of the clinical interview with Charlie and Yell. However, before we do that, let's do this. We'll be discussing clinical information in this episode. It's only here for entertainment and education, not for clinical advice or counseling. And please don't use it as a substitute for either of those. If you or someone you know is struggling, please seek the help of a licensed therapist or counselor. Okay, this episode is great because Charlie and Yale, they paint a vivid picture of how their early history impacts their current relationship. So listen for how they regulate each other as the history comes to the surface, how they encourage openness, areas where they feel less open, areas where they protect each other, and how they present me with areas where they feel like they need the help of couples therapy. So that's all you need to know. Here we go. Do you know what it was like for Yael to have a daughter, um, you know, to, to be a, to be a stepmom and join your life in that way? Do you know what that process was like for her? Yeah, I know that was tough. I know it was tough, but she, um, I can imagine how tough it is because I've seen other previous relationships kind of have to try to maneuver and navigate around that. And the way she handled it, like, was very graceful and very, I don't know, it, it's, it's a tough thing, but I know that she handled that so well. And I don't even know how, like, she was just very much of handling of issues and she did not take anything personal. Like if there was issues with my daughter's mom, uh, she didn't take that more personal. She had a lot of empathy for, uh, for her and, uh, she kind of hold me, she held me very accountable and made sure that like, okay, so what are you doing? Where are you messing up? Are you doing the right things as a, as a father? And luckily I had, I trusted certain things about her because she had a good upbringing uh, and her dad was uh, a pretty, pretty good dad. So I, I had some, I finally got like a role model to kind of be like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to, I didn't know what the hell to do. Uh, so that helped out. And I think, I mean, I, I think it was definitely tough because like, does she call her mom? Does she not overstep and have her call her mom? I'm talking about my daughter referring to her as mom or stepmom. And uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. For a long time, I would say for about like seven years, she was just Yael. Uh, and even now she still goes by Yael, but now there's definitely more endearing names. And then my daughter wanted to be like, legally co-adopted by her and stuff so Mm. like she's very close to her for sure um but i know that she kind of was very careful as to how to approach that both in the relationship Mm -hmm. with my daughter's mom and also with my daughter Mm -hmm. so how how old was your daughter when you guys started dating seven yeah seven okay okay now, you know, I'm going to ask this as, as gently as possible, but how did you choose Charlie? He has a seven-year-old daughter. You come from, you know, apparently this great family where there's no problems at all. Uh, I'm just joking a little bit, but the, or I, I'm tongue-in-cheek here. Why, why choose Charlie? <laughs> um, I, part, I guess parts of it is 
I appreciated actually that he was a father uh, and seeing how he was uh, and where his priorities were and how, what was important to him. Like it's, it's obviously, it's clear to see in someone who has, who, who has um, been through things, I guess, to see what your values were. Um, and versus someone who maybe didn't have those things and is figuring out, like you, you had to be strong and like, this is what's important to me. Like having a relationship with me is important to me. And, and yeah, you know, trying to have as good of a family situation as possible is important to me. And um, so those transparencies, I guess, were, I appreciated. Um, and even though like now we, we beef about the way that we express ourselves in the beginning, he like so you know a little bit about my dad how he uh, my dad is wonderful I like you know mm -hmm. he was a great father but in terms of uh, allowing me to express myself uh, that wasn't necessarily there um, respecting mm -hmm. me yes and respecting my decisions yes but asking me my opinions about things was like not a thing um, mm -hmm. and Charlie was like one of the first people who were like wanted to know well how do you feel about this I remember feeling like really weird about it like why are you mm -hmm. asking me my opinion about like that just was weird he's like well I wanted like and he really wanted well at that time to for me to express myself and I appreciated that about him wanting that from me and now I, I feel like we've kind of come away from that or just kind of settled in our ways of being but I appreciate that about him and and his drive to want to achieve the things that he wanted to do were all great qualities to me. What comes up for you around that question, Charlie? Because I actually was wondering if it would hurt Yael's feelings, but now I wonder how it how it affected your feelings to hear that question and what, what you noticed. I've wondered that a long time, for a long time, of why, like, what, what did you find in me, like, necessarily? Like, um, for me, it was a, very much a challenge. Like, I've liked this girl for a long time, and it was an opportunity that I had been praying for to have like a chance to talk to her. So, you know, I was just like, what? She's giving me a chance to talk. Like that was really awesome. Like I tried to be very open because of my previous relationships of who I am. Like, I, I didn't want to like, I'm not, I don't want to go through like the games mm -hmm. of like, oh, okay, well, oh, by the way, two months later, I have a daughter. It's, it's been like, yo, I'm Charlie. Uh, this is, I'm pretty poor. I got a daughter. I have all everything. This is who I am. And I just was more open about getting those things out of the way. So you could just reject me now and we don't go any further and that's it. And so I'm, I still wonder because there's still times where I'm like, I didn't go to Berkeley. You know what I'm saying? I don't have a, a job that's like super guaranteed or anything else like that. Um, but yeah. So I mean, I've, I've questioned that all the time. <laughs> but I, And that makes me feel sad because I'm like, you don't see like how cool, like awesome you are. You know, you just see these other things that like whatever are not so great or, you know, I'm just like, just be like, be happy with yourself. <laughs> yeah, I guess like that, that sounds cool. You know what I mean? To like, uh, and I am happy with myself. Like, and I like who I am becoming, but that's not who I I mean, yeah, part of that was always me for sure. But like, uh, I wasn't making the best decisions at that time or nor did I have like those cards dealt pretty well at the very beginning. And there's like, I don't know. I just feel like even right now, there's really no way of feeling secure, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I just gotta wait. You gotta just keep on going until 
I guess, until the ride ends, like, oh, made it, you know? And I feel like as a, um, you know, we started dating when I was, what, I was like 22 or 23, like, have, like being with somebody who was, you know, transparent, uh, is refreshing, or I was refreshing at that time at a young person's age. And um, Charlie is, as you can tell, like very, uh, not emotional, but like, isn't afraid to talk about how he feels and, and, or talk in general, or, you know, he's, if you ask him something, he's going to tell you um, from his heart. And mm -hmm. I think that that's great. Sometimes, yeah. you know, <laughs> talks for a long time, but <laughs> I'd rather you talk for a long time than not talk at all. Although sometimes I'm like, okay, is it my turn yet? <laughs> yeah. And you, and I'm aware, you know, that you're getting your turn now to be a mom for the first time, you know, to give birth to a child and to be a mom for the first time in that way. What, what's that like for you to be, to, I mean, you know, that you're, um, yeah. What's it like being a mom uh, eight months in? Awesome. I'm very tired, but I feel <laughs> like everybody says that. And I was like, everybody says that, but it's still true. But you know, I like to be a cognizant too of like, I'm, I am a mom to like, you know, a newborn for the first time, but I've been a, mom figure for a long time now mm -hmm. um and my relationship with her and with charlie and her has always been um, very important to me and you know i like he was saying like and even and navigating you know the relationship with her mom all of like i think that's one of the reasons you know it took us so long to get married was i was like look i can't we can't get married unless i know like that is the relationship between him and and her mom and me and her mom was like smooth and it is now and that's great but all those relationships are important have been difficult to navigate mm -hmm. i feel like you know it's as good as it could be really is if we compare not to compare but if we compare with other people in similar situations um, i mean if you compare it to how it was in the very beginning for me oh and, yeah oh my god <laughs> it's mm. a it's a ex extremely so much better so much better so hmm. and that's a lot thanks to her like i would say like 98 percent of it is, is thanks to her and I'm, i'd probably be almost 100 percent of it uh just because she had this calming thing of you know because like i like we talked about earlier i am a little bit more fiery i'm a little bit more whatever uh and i don't necessarily think that's bad but i went with people that were similar and like she was saying it, it creates some very highs and very lows in those relationships and for her being so kind of polar opposite to my upbringing it helped create like a balance a way for me to actually be able to be logical when i'm thinking like just in the middle and um and she's done that also for like the relationship between me and, and my daughter's mom where it's like it, it's become like this peaceful thing there's no i don't know i think with the previous relationships there was like i don't know not, not competition or anything else but there was like so much there was more of a like an issue between the fact that i was dating this person and it was like dealing with an ex as opposed mm -hmm. to dealing with a child and how do we make mm -hmm. this child kind of grow and be a healthy person. And I think the fact that she focused hundred percent on my daughter's upbringing and making sure that whoever is with me or whatever 
whoever's around my daughter is protecting her. Uh, that's what mm -hmm. made this whole situation very possible. Mm, that's a really beautiful way to put it. Um, and I can really feel it in the way that you guys talk about your family. And Charlie, I think one thing that would be helpful for me to have in my mind is what is your early story and, and kind of, um, you know, what, can you give me um, some of the details about, about your upbringing and, and some of the harder parts of, of, of your upbringing? Mm. Do you feel yeah. comfortable? And if you don't, it's fine too. No, I, mean, I feel comfortable. I might cry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's not even like, I mean, I don't even know why I get emotional. Like I've gone through this story plenty of times and it's, and it's like, it's 33 years ago now. Uh, and it's not really crazy. It's not bad, uh, but it, it just kind of affected. Like I was born in Mexico. Um, man. Ugh. I don't know why I'm... Uh, I don't know if it's because it's my daughter is in the next room. Okay, hold on. Okay. Uh, I guess I'm getting more emotional because I'm, I guess I'm gonna talk about the unhappy times, but my life was filled, filled with a lot of happy moments as well. It's not like, it's not like it was all bad, you know? But anyway, I was born in Mexico. Uh, I came to the US when I was about three. My aunt brought me over here, uh, and so I lived with my grandma and uh, my grandma and my grandma's sister. And then my mom came when I was about five. When she came, I think we may have lived together for about maybe half a year, because after that, then I went to, um, I moved back to Mexico and, uh, well, rewind. She came over, she stayed with us in LA. She worked a lot. She had to, she was like 22. Uh, so she worked a lot. She had you when she was Yeah, she had me when she was 16. Okay. And then, um, you know, I missed her a lot, obviously. There was a moment where she, she met my, my former stepdad. She had just came back and she was always in relationships. I remember her always being in relationships with like, either it was my dad or this other guy. And then when she came over to the U.S., it was with um, these two other dudes. One of them became my stepdad. But I remember one moment she picked me up from uh, kindergarten and she was like, hey, you know, um, I'm going to send you with your friend real quick. And so she sends me with this guy that I don't know. It's just another Latin speaking or Spanish speaking kid in our class. And she's like, I'll pick you up later today. She ended up not picking me up for about four days. She she ended up going to the Bay. Uh I guess like on a weekend, it was like a memorial holiday weekend or something like that. So, so that was kind of traumatic for me. Cause like, I didn't know this kid. I didn't know that family. Yeah. I was just kind of hoping my mom would come back every night and you know, she didn't. And then, uh, you know, you just forget about things. And then like first grade comes along and I moved to Mexico for first grade. And that's where I live with my grandma again. She moved from LA back to, Mexico with me and I stayed with her and I stayed with my dad too he was a he was a teacher over at the school that I was going to anyway fast forward to that moved to a moved to the bay with my mom and now my stepdad and then she was really busy at work so we didn't really spend too much time together uh she worked multiple jobs her relationship with him started going kind of bad started kind of taking it out on me in a way our relationship I always thought was really close but you know, when I look at it through the years, it was close, but from a distance. It was close through the telephone or close from, you know, cards. 
But when we were ever together, it wasn't really that close because she was either going through it with the relationship or working a lot. And then, yeah, and then I started dating a little. I really wasn't like a bad kid or anything like that, but my neighborhood was pretty rough. It was just, it was funny because it was with a lot of white guys, a lot of white kids that were mm. low-income white kids. Uh, they were wild. <laughs> they mm. were just wild kids. Mm. Um, a lot of drug usage from their parents, from themselves. And so for a long time, I was open with my mom. You know, they would sell drugs and I would tell my mom like, hey, I have like a bag of meth in the closet. It's not mine. There's a 12 gauge mm. in the closet. It's not mine either. Mm. But, you know, I was very open with her. But I was very nervous because... I tried to walk a pretty narrow line because I was an immigrant. My mom was an immigrant. We didn't have papers at that time. So it was like, you can't really, you know, you don't want to get in trouble. You don't want to break the rules in any way, but everybody around you was kind of doing it. When I turned 15, that's when I lost my virginity. And then I, uh, I didn't want to. Uh, I remember that I tried everything to not lose my virginity, but you know, there was a lot of kids in the neighborhood and, talks of like oh are you gay or this and that mm -hmm. and then even the girl that i was dating like i i ended up breaking up with her before because she really wanted to do stuff and she was like well do you still want to have sex and i was like what the heck i just broke up with you you know mm -hmm. so those were those situations and then when i uh when i finally got with my daughter's mom uh i got with her because she shared views in christianity and she was kind of by herself a lot she didn't have friends she was older she had friends, but she had like mean friends, I guess. And so, um, yeah, we we went out for about six months and then we broke up and then I found out she was pregnant and then we got back together. And then uh, my daughter was born and we had some tension and then she ended up, she ended up like cheating on me uh, with a coworker and then she told me on my birthday, that was kind of rough as well. And then, um, yeah, it was it was it was a hard time because for a while, like, I she wouldn't let me see my baby unless I was with her, and so there was a lot of like, okay, so it was just a a, a rough time for a few years of being in a forced relationship for a while, even though it was like unhealthy, but it was like the only way to see your kid. And then finally, we really broke up, and I got with this other girl, and at first it was cool, but then they knew each other. And so it was a lot of tension and I, I went through court a lot. And so in, uh, in court fighting for custody, there was a lot of issues with the mediator. Her mom used to like cut herself and do a whole bunch of crazy stuff, but you would tell them and they really wouldn't believe it. You know, it was, it was difficult because I, I didn't recognize, I knew what postpartum depression was at that time. But like when you're 17, like you don't, there's not like a light bulb that goes on saying you're going through mm. postpartum depression right now, you know? And there was just a lot of like me trying to understand, like, what is she going through? You know, she, she's already hurting me emotionally with these things and now she's hurting herself and she just wasn't really there. And I tried talking to her parents, but her parent, I remember her stepdad at one point was like, man, look, if she's going to do something, she'll do something. But like, so there was, it was, it was, I didn't feel very supported at that time. And with court, like, they ended up giving her like full custody for a bit and I ended up moving to, well, actually there was a time where I would go pick her up from school and then, or from home. By the time I get to my house, there would be cops waiting to take the baby away. So that happened uh, uh, once or twice. Another time I hadn't been able to see my daughter for a while. And then she finally came over. She knocked on the door. She's like, Oh, Hey dad, um, I was supposed to see her that day. And she was like, um, my mom says that you're not going to see me today. So I just came to tell you that. 
and I was so upset. I was on my way to, I was going to uh, Chabot College. I was so upset. And then a few minutes later, her mom walked in the door into my, my house and my girlfriend was there at the time. And I was like, yo, you gotta get out. You know, like you can't be in here, you gotta get out. And then she leaves. And then like, like an hour later, the cops come to my house and they're like, yo, you know, this girl's saying that you hit her. I'm like, no, you know, I didn't do that. Mm. And I'm like, well, please explain mm. what happened. And I was like, she came in the house and I told her you gotta get out. So I just told her to get out. I'm like, well, right there, you put your hands on her. So you're going to jail for putting your hands on her. So I get arrested in front of my daughter. And then, um, yeah, that was, that was tough. That was crazy. Because of that, I didn't get to see my daughter as much. And so then I moved to San Diego and LA. I was like, all right, well, if I can't see her, then I'm not going to like sit around and just live down the street and not see her. I'm going to go and try to live the acting dream and just try to pursue that. Mm. So I went to LA and I did that. I mean, yeah, I did pretty well in, in all that. Then I came to visit a friend for a friend's wedding, got into a car accident, lost all the money that I had for my acting school and all the rent and everything else. So I started studying firefighting over here in, in Chabot. Became, At this time, then we were together. That's when we got okay. together. And then, yeah, and that's kind of it. And I became wow. as a firefighter. <laughs> and, then I, and then I didn't get the job as a firefighter because I didn't pass the background check. And so then I went to barber school and I started doing barber school. And then that's I where see. I met you. After. What a story. Wow. Um, I, I mean, I will, you know, uh, I have a lot of reactions, but I think the main one is just, um, you've clearly done a lot of work over time to organize your, your mind and to organize these things in a, in a way that both your tears about it feel completely appropriate. And I'm getting, um, emotional as I'm talking, um, and your telling of it is both forthright, but honest so it, it's it's really um moving moving to hear but it also sounds organized in a way that that feels like sometimes when you hear stories you know hard stories it's like oh my god there's a huge gap there or that doesn't make any sense but this is all the chronology of it and just the the sense that i can understand why um yael would see a maturity in you that probably not many she didn't see in many other, uh, you guys met at like 23? 22, 23, yeah. 22, 23 year old guys. I mean, you know, th there was a maturity there that must have been, I imagine, you know, it must have been a, a real breath of fresh air to meet somebody who who had a had the kind of maturity that you that you saw in Charlie. Am I putting words in your mouth or is that? No, that yeah. Sound? Yeah, that makes sense. I'm very curious to hear because the next step of this is that I'm going to bring this to the to a consultant and we're going to talk. What would you guys want the consultant, you know, two therapists to figure out about you guys? Where, where, what would be if what would be your wish list um, in terms of like, God, we could really use help here. What would it be? I feel like there's a lot of, and not that we have a bad relationship, but like there's you know mm -hmm. lots of things to choose from, and so I'm like, okay, what is the um, what is either the core of a lot of uh, the things that we struggle with or what is something that we struggle with a lot that we haven't figured out, which I guess is kind of the same thing. What do you think? I don't know. Uh, it's funny because I was thinking like, I don't know what we struggle with. <laughs> like I was thinking, uh, I don't know. I think ultimately there's, I, for, for me, there's a lot of times where I just don't feel heard. And, and I don't know if that's just because like I'm not, communicating well enough where it's resonating for that or um 
or if I'm actually just like being ignored. Um, but then at the same time, when it comes to Yael, like I feel like even last night, I've, I get so overwhelmed with life and with my own things that um, it's hard for me to sometimes hear her out. And for, uh, for me to allow her to have like feelings, like, like she was saying before, like I, I need her to always be. This is what we were talking about last night. Yeah, to mm-hmm. always be like, okay and centered because I'm not at times. And she's kind of like this balancing rod for me where I'm like, I need you to be okay and not be stressed out because I can't handle it then at that point. And then we were talking about, I was telling him like, I can't, that's not fair to me. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I need to, I can't, like you can't, it's not fair for you to tell me, honey, I need you to be okay. I need you to be okay because that's what I need. And I was like, but, but for me, not, but I need you to just let me be a complete person. And like, sometimes I'm not okay. And that should be okay too. Yeah. So um, I don't know if that's like, but we didn't even talk about that in this mm-hmm. <laughs> thingy. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's just like, how can we both meet each other better, meet each other's needs better? Like Charlie feels like he's not heard. And I feel like I can't even speak. And how, how can you guys give me a sense of how this has evolved? Has, has this gotten better, worse, or same over the last, over the last, uh, what is it, seven years of your relationship? Hmm. I, well, Go ahead. I feel like it's gotten, I don't know if it's gotten, I think it's gotten better. Um, or if anything, we have been able to say what it is that we're struggling with better. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, those phrases that I just used, for example, I don't know if I, we would have been able to even get to where we could say what it is, you know, years ago. I think we've always known like, you know, when couples fight that it's not about the thing, it's about something deeper, but maybe we knew that, but weren't able to even say what that deeper thing was because it would get too fiery or whatever. I feel like I've gotten more in the last couple of years, gotten more confident just being like, okay, I know what it's like to fight with Charlie. I know how he is. I know what to expect. So because of that, I can more freely try to say, try not to get hurt by whatever it is that's going to come out of me expressing how I feel. And he, like he said, has, has, is better at expressing himself without getting too fiery most of the time. Yeah, I feel like our like in the beginning of our relationship, I think we struggled with connect- connectivity mm-hmm. for a while, and we've gotten way better at that. And I think because of like because of therapy, getting huh? Getting and getting high. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, I guess <laughs> because of therapy and just kind of like. There was a time where because my life was going so crazy so quickly for so long, I was I, I didn't know how to handle it when things started getting better because of being in a healthier relationship. And it was a weird transition and adjustment period. And finally, when I started uh, feeling a little bit safer uh, in the relationship, specifically after we got married, like I felt mm-hmm. safe at that point. Because um, up until then, he still thought I was going to leave him. I'm like, dude, like I've been with you mm-hmm. through like x y and z like yeah and then after that uh weed became legal so i smoked a little bit and then when i smoked and i got freaking stupid paranoid and anxiety i realized that i should probably go to therapy 
And so then when I went to therapy, um, it really helped me out to, to kind of calm down a little bit and, and be able to really communicate or try to communicate in an effective way. But then because of that and because of my constant self-awareness, sometimes it becomes a little too self-aware. And I kind of have her like, hey, join me on my self-awareness trip real quick. And I'd never give her a chance. So our relationship overall has gotten better. But uh, the focus has gotten, my focus has gotten a little bit more on myself. And I haven't given her a chance to like, or given myself a chance to find out more about her now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think just us being able to like recognize that now isn't something that we knew before. Uh-huh. Like for me, I was used to, like, if I think about my background, I was used to not having a voice. So it didn't seem like anything really. And then as I got older, I guess I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't like how things, how I want things to be. Yeah. Just, just so I have a little bit on it. What do you mean that you didn't have a voice or that you weren't able to have your own opinions? What do, what do you mean by that? I, I just like, as a child, like I grew up in a hierarchical I guess, household, you know, Mm -hmm. dad at top, mom, me, my sister, cats. Uh Um, (laughs) (laughs) At least you were above the cats. The, um, the, the, your dad is Mexican. Your mom is Israeli. Is that, do I have that right? Yeah. Yeah. She's Jewish. She's Jewish. Okay. Got it. And I grew up, but it's like Charlie said, a very loving household, very loving extended family as well. My dad is one of seven and just very supportive of, you know, one another, I would say, for the most part in the house, like, well, we always respected my dad. I feel like some, sometimes like growing up, my dad didn't always respect my mom in ways that I, like he never yelled at her or anything, but mm-hmm. she, um, she's very emotional and he's not always super sensitive to that anyways. And in terms of his relationship with me, always super supportive, went to every program I was in, every swim meet, every, every he's always there for mm-hmm. me, like a hundred percent. Like I could not ask for anybody to be there. He freaking danced with me at my wedding with five broken ribs. Like he is very dedicated mm. to, to our family. But in terms of fostering some self-expression, my mom did more of that work than my dad. Like my mom was more free spirited and like we would talk about whatever things, girl things, I guess. And to me, that was normal though. Like my dad mm-hmm. would never ask me my opinion of anything. And nor, mm. and it made it very clear that my opinion didn't matter of anything. Like what mattered was whatever he said and that's what it is because we are children and children don't question things. And so that's just the way it is. And, and anyway, so I guess that's what I mean by it. Like super loving, but like children are here, adults are here. And like your say doesn't. Do you know where that came from in him? Where did he get, where did he get that idea? Is that. You know what? That's a really great question. I don't know. Uh, I don't know because his mom, I feel like is, well, his mom is like the matriarch of like the family, you know, like mm-hmm. I said, she had seven kids. My grandfather, I, I don't really know that much, I guess, of their relationship. Um, mm-hmm. It seems a little bit more estranged, definitely, than my dad's relationship with his own, with his mom. Like they're like this, like, mm-hmm. like he calls her every single day, multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. When I bring up my grandfather, there's more hesitancy and, you know, they, 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 sorry, they're not together. My grandfather and my grandmother. Okay. My dad was like 18. And I know that that was a traumatic experience for him. But in terms of like his, like children don't have a voice situation, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he just, I probably, 
I guess if I think really deeply about it, maybe it comes from his own um, needing to control things because feeling maybe out of control when his parents split and then being the oldest mm. of seven kids, like having to mm. take care of all of them. And in order to make sure all of they, all of, all of them were okay, he had to organize and he had to make sure that everybody had their thing. And in order for that to function, everybody needs to listen to him or listen to, you know, there has to be a main center, especially if the parents I would imagine are going through something, then it becomes him next in line needing to, you know, handle. You guys live in a part of Bay, in the Bay, in, you guys grew up in a part of the Bay area where there was, you know, there, there were upper middle class, there was middle class where people who were really, really poor. Um, where, where were you on that, on that spectrum? Me or us? Yeah, you, Charlie. I get a sense of. I get okay. you know a sense of that that. Yeah. But what about what about you? No, when you were growing up, were you um, on the other side of the tracks from Charlie, or what was? Not the... super. No, I mean literally, like our street. Like if you were to look at our streets, like visually, mm -hmm. they looked similar. Like they, mm. you know, we had there's trees and the ground wasn't crazy. There's not trash around. You know, like our streets were like we were both districted to the same elementary school, obviously, and the same high school. The only district or difference was middle school. So no, like, and we were like walking distance from each other. Like it wasn't mm -hmm. like um, the neighborhood I say was pretty much the same in terms of family wealth. Well, you know, Charlie's family came from Mexico and my dad is Mexican, but he's like third generation. So it, mm -hmm. he, him and his family had been established here for a while. And my mom's family was more affluent. And our family, as a result, I would say was like middle class. I'm pretty strong middle class. I wouldn't maybe middle upper, but it's hard to tell because now like what middle class means is like different than what it meant back mm -hmm. then. But they, you know, they owned their house. Um, we had... You know, by the time I was born or my sister was born rather, like they, they had steady jobs. My mom and my dad both worked for the same places up until retirement. So a lot of stability, I would say. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. It sounds like um, one thing that, that, well, one thing that you're trying to figure out, it sounds like, and that I'm very curious to talk to the consultant about is about sort of emotional regulation for you, Charlie, about like what happens when you get when you get overwhelmed, both in how to express it in a way that expresses where there's important things to say that you really want to be able to articulate and to be able to sort of soothe yourself or be able to feel like you're internally safe enough or okay enough to, um, to, to not get so overwhelmed with, with the feelings. So, and then, and then strategies, I think, for the two of you to do that together in a way that feels like you're more in it together, but feels like like one not that there doesn't have to be a losing of one person's voice. Mm -hmm. That would be um, that seems like that seems like a big question and a big and and something and certainly you have an eight month old. I mean, cut. I mean, please cut yourself some slack. You know that in you know that that like not you know, a pandemic, that, dude. I told him like we've been doing so good. Like in all things considered, please. I. I really hope I really hope that you guys can 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 feel that deeply that that you know considering all that's going on how well you're doing and that so much of this is you know is pretty natural when raising kids and getting to know each other with um you know carrying a heavy burden um carrying a lot on your back so that so that so I hope you can cut yourself some slack there I think the other thing that I'm hearing is yeah, how Charlie comes with a history that takes up um, space 
in your in your family and for both of you. Mm-hmm. And I hear in you, Charlie, a real desire to to understand and sort of metabolize and move along in certain ways from from that, but not let not lose it, but also move move into a different place. Mm-hmm. Then I think the when as that work is happening, sort of what blooms for Yael when she has more space and room um, to express herself mm-hmm. and what happens and to, to sort of what, what becomes of Yael's voice when there's more room for it seems like another um, mm-hmm. sort of question and how to, and how to make room for that, for that voice. Those seem like the kind of things that, that I would want to bring up with, with, with a consultant. That'd be great. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Does it? Okay, great. Uh, and if you guys think of other things, you can certainly, you know, let me know um, if other things come to mind. Um, how do you guys feel at the end of this? This was, it's late. You're both up a lot at night right now. Um, Yael in particular, because she's she sounds like that your daughter really needs you right now at, at, at uh, two o'clock in the morning. But what are you guys feeling like at the as, as we wind down here? I'm feeling good. Um, I feel like the things that you were just wrapping up, which now I cannot recall all of them, but while you were speaking, I was I was like, yes, yes. Like in terms of Charlie has taken up a lot of space in our relationship, but like that's been fine for, you know, as long as it's been fine and I want to support him and, and he's working through his, like you said, own understanding of himself and how wonderful that has been. And now like, how do we, and I think when you said, Charlie is struggling with how does how do you work through that and move past that without losing yourself like literally was a conversation that we had not too long ago of like you know kind of coming up in the world but not wanting to lose so like how Mm -hmm. do how do I support him in that how do we support how do we support each other in that and then what happens when he is able to manage some of that for himself then what happens to me and thus us um is exciting to me I feel really excited about the idea of like you know getting to know you more like I I feel like as our relationship has gone on I've realized more and more that I don't know that much about like you even though I know you and and all that but like you know sometimes I think that you don't even know that much about yourself either that you haven't really been able to explore and during the time that you could have was during the time that I was like Let's talk about me. Mm-hmm. So if we can kind of, I mean, I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Like I always feel like Charlie has, has a, um, he wants to know about me, but mm-hmm. also is, is dealing with his own things for so long that, that it's difficult for that to, to happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. That sounds like, does that, does that resonate for you, Charlie, that, that statement? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're like, you know, I want to know things about her and all that. And uh, yeah, there's times where, you know, it comes back to like, oh, yeah, I was going through something similar like that or whatever. Yeah, it'll turn back around to him. Like, I'll express something to him. He's like, me, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, that's not what I'm like looking for right now. Like, I know that Uh he's going to to try to connect with me, but like, I don't want to talk more about him right now. I want to talk about me. Yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely say this to the consultant and I'll say it here now, which is this doesn't seem like it's a narcissism thing to me. It doesn't seem like, Charlie, you do not you do not strike me as 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 narcissistic. Um, it seems more like a trauma thing and, yeah. and, a, and a kind of a something that pops up in you as 
you start to, I don't quite have the words for it, but as you start to feel the emotional kind of feeling in the air and the emotions begin to get going, that there's a way that it, that it, it stirs something inside of you that needs a certain kind of attention. But I don't think it's a kind of like, okay, let's just talk about me because that's the only way that I know how to feel good inside myself. I don't hear it like that at all. And that's gonna be, I think, the sort of kernel of, of what this is about is how do you, how do you heal from trauma um, in a relationship and also move on from it so that you can, so that it can, it can be more collaborative for both people. That's, mm -hmm. I think, going to be the kernel of what we're, of what we're going to be talking about here. Mm, that's great. Yeah, that'll be, yeah. we were just talking the other, like, yeah, we want to, I, we want to be, I think, both more of a team and what does team look like? Like team isn't just me supporting him. Team is mutual. And like you said, I, I don't think it's, it's, narcissistic but it I, it's receptive to me sometimes that way where i'm like okay you 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 what about i'm a person you know um, mm -hmm. but i know that in his heart it's not narcissism it is him dealing with his with trauma and just the way that he has had to operate for the longest is mm -hmm. okay no one is looking out for me so i have to look out for me and there's all this instability and so i have to focus on myself because i can't you know, maybe see stability other places or it has to be about me because that's the only thing that I have. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I get the feeling that you guys are in it for the long haul. And my sense is what you'll find is that this is going to switch at points in life. You know, that there will be times if you take the long-term approach here um, and the long-term view that, um, that this, that this is going to go back and forth over the years. Um, and, and so, you know, um, it's not an either, it's not either one person gets or one person doesn't get it's over time. We just take care of each other. And I think that's, that's what I'm, that's, that's sounds like where things are going to be heading. Cool. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I think the world of you both and, um, and I will, and I'll be back in touch. Soon. I'm excited. Yay. <laughs> okay. I hope you guys, I wish you guys a good night's sleep and a good rest of your weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Bye, guys. Good night. A good night indeed. Okay, so that wraps up the first clinical interview with Charlie and Yell. I so appreciate their willingness to share their story. Rich, rich material. Thanks for listening. Join me next time as I have a consultant interview lined up with Beth O'Brien. She's a level three pack therapist. She's out of Fort Collins CO. She joins me to think about the interviews you just heard. Until then, wishing you well, and we're out.